0: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shut Up. Keep going. In today's episode, well, wait, before we do that, this is a show where we explore our internet curiosities. I'm Cindy Goodman.
1: I'm Kate Franklin.
0: And I'm going to kick some stuff off today. Take it off. Go off. off. Go off. Today, I'm going to be talking about feral people living (laughs) in
1: national parks. (laughs) I truly, there's a moment every time you tell your topic that my heart drops a little bit in like <laughs> preparation for what I'm about to experience. And let me say I did that did not disappoint. <laughs> I'm glad. Wait, feral people living in Nashville parks. no, in
0: national parks, not oh. in Nashville.
1: But I mean, I guess if Nashville <laughs> has a national park, which I don't think they do, I just imagine but, some like Mumford and Sons like knockoff person <laughs> like knock off mumford and sons (laughs) like living like pretending to be a lumberjack in a city park
0: what are mumford and sons doing now
1: they're like still going they're still
0: making music right
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know if it's good
0: i really liked mumford and sons
1: yeah me too is that lame
0: yeah i mean we liked them before they were popular (laughs) shoot
1: I mean, their first album is so good. I mean, so- and their second album. Their
0: second album's pretty good as well. Then nothing they- hits quite as hard as The Cave does for Ugh, me. I mean, come
1: on. It's so good. Or Awake My Soul. Awake like, My Soul. Listen. Mm, that's good. There's nothing like it. I mean, that was a huge thing. That's that like. was did people like the avid brothers if people are out there listening and you actually
0: listen to the avid brothers please let us know because kate and i loved the avid brothers love and i feel like that was like a offshoot of mumford like where mumford was like the like more mainstream Mm -hmm. version of that kind of like i don't know what genre would you call that bluegrass yeah but like did bluegrass was bluegrass like a
1: thing for a second or was that just a thing for us no, it was a thing. It was like uh like it was when like oh, flannels louveneers. got big and like people wore boots and uh, I still wear boots. Everyone bo- I think people have worn boots. <laughs> people have worn boots throughout history. But like, you know, like people acted like they lived in a uh, cabin kind of vibe. I was so into it. Yeah. Which now I'm realizing like I don't know. I didn't think it was that embarrassing at the time, but now I'm I realize that was very embarrassing. Wait, why? Because it's like twee and like, I don't know, like role play. I don't know. I can't. David Brothers slap. Like, I'm sorry. Do they new- still put out new music? They I do, but it's bad. Oh, that's I mean, sorry. It, like, sorry if people listen to them and they think it's good. Which
0: one cheated on his wife?
1: That was in Dexter. Seth Dex- Avett. I don't know if she, that's confirmed. With the
0: Dexter lady, yeah. right?
1: They actually seem like, really happy though now. I feel like
0: after that though,
1: their music got worse. So it's her fault. (laughs) Actually, I know what happened. They started working with this producer named Rick Rubin, who, okay, I know he's respected and done stuff, but he just basically came in and overproduced the shit out of all of their music. You can hear it. Which is like, was the draw to them, is like they were always like half screaming. And like, I mean, we went to their concert. It's just very like frenetic and raw.
0: So good. That was a great concert. I know. Pachanga,
1: man. Pachanga. Yes. Why? It was like in the parking lot, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> Wait, like can't make this shit up.
0: Like, like, like they just live in the wild. Like they are people who live in national they, parks. Like, bark. Well, it's a conspiracy. Okay. I I will start off. It's a conspiracy. There hasn't been. I couldn't find hard evidence on any credible sites. Sure. Um, that there are feral people, but I have I watched a few videos, and there are accounts of people who claim to be like counties who live in towns that are like surrounding the national parks and that it's just this known thing that there are feral people who live in the national parks and the park rangers kind of can't keep control of them or can't get it under control or get them to leave and that they eat people as well they're cannibals (gasps) that's that's conspiracy they will kidnap people who are in the park to eat no and that the townspeople and everybody knows that it's a thing because every time either you'll call the police and and the ranger, or you'll call the rangers and the rangers say that they'll call the police and then nothing happens or if it comes we'll talk about some of the missing people and it gets like national attention then they'll kind of like not do a good job with the investigation on their side sort of a thing and like cover up evidence that would point to people in the park okay um, So it is kind of like conspiracy-esque, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it has not been
1: disproven. I mean, like serial killers kill people in parks all the time. Does, does that cover it or is this more like... No, this is
0: like people like, living. Mm-hmm. The claim is people, yeah, <laughs> like growling and like living in the park. Whoa. And like, quote, living off the land and just like being one with the
1: park. I mean, I could see that. Yes.
0: So let's get into it. Okay, great. Basically, there have been multiple accounts of people who have disappeared in national parks and just like the cases are never solved. Um, And so we'll go through a few of those. But Mike Woolley, this is from the website Mysterious Universe. Okay. Um, accounts of a quote wild men encounter in december 1981 that happened in the louisiana backwoods so this man was going hunting and was hanging out in a tree stand waiting for animals and then heard an animal crash through the brush and first thought it was a tired deer that was being chased by a larger deer trying to mate or like something like that but saw quote a tremendous humanoid covered in short hair appeared instead headed directly toward the deer and Woolley's tree stand well, t- headed toward the deer in Wooly's tree stand, seemingly unaware of the hunter resting in it above. The figure approached just a short distance of 20 yards before it stopped and becoming alert to Wooly's presence, peered up at him, its face wrenching angrily. And so while some people, and we're not going to get into like big Bi- Bigfoot and kind of like those yeah, kind of so conspiracy theories, say. but I lightly have read that like people who believe in Bigfoot like it people actually think it's just like
1: like a feral person a feral
0: person yeah um so in a weird way they go hand in hand but long story short Wooly didn't shoot the person because they felt that the face was too human and notes it's eyelashes teeth jaw structure forehead the face was light brown like it had a dark suntan and um the quote is but I couldn't pull the trigger because something told me this ain't right it's not the right thing to do and it growled at him
1: so so it had short hair like hair like it's very hairy in like a like just like a hairy man i read it as in like an unkempt way okay not like like the not
0: like with hair on its face necessarily but probably like a really big beard i see like just like a, a lot of hair
1: was it naked it didn't say okay it
0: did not say um but so then there's a book series called missing 411 and it's by an author and retired law enforcement officer named David Polidaze, Polides, Polides, okay, who had been looking into strange disappearances in national parks. Um, and he does not view any of them in direct correlation with something like Bigfoot reports. But the background, we're first going to talk about somebody who named Dennis Martin, which is actually just like so tragic because it's like a missing child, which like... You never mm-hmm. like to hear about that. Yeah. Um, but it happened in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which consists of over 522,000 acres and sits along the state line between Tennessee and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Tennessee and North Carolina
1: border each other. Do they? I'm going to look up a map. You just said that. That's what it says. I just, for some reason, like can't Tennessee. imagine that, but I guess that checks out. Wouldn't it be north Car- South Carolina? I think Tennessee is more north than we think. It's below? <laughs> oh,
0: they're next door neighbors.
1: That's okay. why for some
0: reason I thought Tennessee was more towards the coast, but it's not, it's under Kentucky. And above it's above all those states. So okay. can I be honest? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if you had the same test in fifth grade. <sighs> the Richard
1: school, Nixon maps
0: test. You had to do the maps test Ugh. and it was, you would get a blank map of the United States of America and you had to name all of the states and their capitals. Mm-hmm. And I cheated on it. And my teacher pulled me aside after class and asked me if I cheated. And I lied straight to her face and said, no.
1: (laughs) How did you cheat on it? Mrs.
0: Knight, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I absolutely cheated. There's no reason why I need this information in my brain. I can look it up. Why? (laughs) Why? How did you cheat on it? I just looked on somebody else's paper. Oh, duh! Who was cheating? They were pulling a piece of paper out from out under their desk, and I looked over, and it was very convenient. I wasn't planning on cheating, but they were holding it out, and I just looked over and was like, "Well, shit." Wait, I thought the Richard Nixon one was like the whole
1: world. Because oh, maybe really ours
0: hard. wasn't. Th- our I, ours was not branded Richard Nixon. Oh, it was
1: just a states and caps test. I just remember there was these old, elderly, docents that showed up at our. No, we went to the Richard Nixon Library because my school is right next to it, and there's all these like elderly women like yelling at us about like what the capital of Lebanon was, and I was like, honestly, I don't know, and like I didn't study, and like Google Maps is gonna exist in about five years when I'm driving.
0: Oh, Anyways. I did go to the Richard Nixon Library quite a few times though, because my uh, Girl Scout oh yeah stuff would be held there. We there was something called I can't I think it was called like Around the World it was like a big celebration in all the girl scout troops in oh. i think orange county well orange. i
1: slayed the richard nixon film festival four Hell years yeah in a row. you did Heya. it was completely rigged i just brought all my friends and they just voted for me and um one time this woman came up to my mom at the grocery store and was like oh your daughter's the one that has a lot of friends and isn't very good at making movies <gasps> oh my gosh no that's such an orange county thing to do right so i'm gonna thank her when i'm up on the oscar stage do you know her name yeah you should thank her by first i will i will i won't say the last name cindy though her name is isn't it such a cindy move yeah it's so close to my name though but it's yours is like like
0: cindy cindy it's like cinder block yeah okay okay well on that note the most compelling case um which i mentioned earlier of like a disappearance in a national park is dennis martin who vanished from within sight of his father summer of 1969 near cades cove it might be cades i think it's cades though in the great spoky mountain national park Great Smoky Mountains National Park Um, and so disappeared June 14th while at the park with his family playing hide-and-seek with the brothers with his brother and other children and then he just disappeared and the family spent a few hours trying to find him themselves then they let the National Park Service know and then the National Guard tried to find him and it became this like huge search for this child and they never found him and to my understanding there were like no leads it was just like shit the kids lost um and so there's a few theories of his disappearance because while i do think that feral people exist is that like rude is that a derogatory (laughs) i don't know what else does feral (laughs) people (laughs) i don't think so it's like a feral cat that's like not rude to say is this by choice or is it like my understanding is it's by choice okay (laughs) um but so theories of of um theories of Dennis Martin's disappearance is that one the boy was lost and died of exposure to the elements or some other cause like that like slipping and falling or something after going missing the second theory is that he was attacked by a bear or a feral pig Um, but the boy's father is actually the one who thinks that his son was abducted and this corroborates with a man named Harold Key's report um, which we will get to in a second um, which we'll get to now We're there now. Uh, We're here. We are here. Okay. So before Dennis disappeared, a park ranger, like this is before the day or whatever, a park ranger was attacked by what was described as a, quote, wild mountain men. Um, So there were individuals described as wild men living in the park at the time of his disappearance. But the FBI has never been able to totally confirm this is what happened to Dennis. But they also have not ruled it out. We're just saying something. Um, And one of the most striking details of this case, and it's a detail which the National Park Service documents pertaining to Martin's disappearance failed to note. And think about how many people were like trying to find this child and they just forgot to write this down, was that there was a strange observation made shortly after Dennis Martin went missing a short distance away near the area of Rowan's Creek. Which, if I, I didn't write it down, but if I remember correctly, is like, I think it said it was like six to nine miles away. Okay. So, Mr. Harold Key and his family had been walking a trail looking for wildlife when they heard, quote, an enormous, sickening scream. The son of the group pointed out a bear nearby, but Mr. Key realized the bear was a, quote, dark-figured, rough-looking man attempting to hide themselves behind a thicket. And the man, which. Key didn't manage to see in clear detail had been carrying something over his shoulder. At this point, Key did not know that Dennis Martin had disappeared earlier and thought maybe the figure was a moonshiner who had been trying to hide from them or something. But it's based on the reports I was reading. It seemed pretty clear that this like person did not want to be seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after Mr. Key found out about the search for Dennis Martin, he notified the FBI about it. Um, and Dennis Martin, unfortunately was never found, but they did find the footprint of the boys Oxford style shoe a few days after he vanished and within 3.5 miles of where the family had camped the night before a retired national park ranger, Dwight McCarter mentions that the quote, rough looking man had been the other in a pair of leads and wish they had examined it more carefully.
1: So when did they make the connection between the boy disappearing and this family's um, no- noticing this, like, weird man? It was
0: within... I didn't find, like, a timeline, but it was within, like... The investigation was still going on. It wasn't like they would have had to reopen to
1: to look into it. Oh, I just was confused because you said they never... It, this wasn't noted in the...
0: Yeah, so this guy, like, said something to the FBI, but the national on the National Park or National Security... What was the... um national park Park service Service. yeah they didn't know any of this in their documentation they chose to omit it even though this guy uh, mr key reported this to the fbi and reported it to like the people who were investigating and so that's what i was saying is that a retired national park ranger dwight mccarter said that like he does remember this being part of the conversation and he was part of whoever this rough looking man was was one of their leads Mm. but they just chose
1: not to look into it whoa i hate to be a skeptic no be a skeptic but like couldn't it just be like a pedophile that like hides out in a park because it's like easy to nab someone
0: it could be but that's the point is it's still like a person living in the park
1: i mean true so like that's a feral person for some reason, feral. I just imagine they're like, like wolf, like like they have wolf energy. This wild, beckon something <laughs> else.
0: I mean, I get what you're saying. I think in my head, feral is like somebody who's not domesticated, so they are like not abiding by like typical, like standard. I see status quo society yeah. practices. Yeah. Okay. And I guess that could mean that they're also pedophiles. I mean,
1: that's a huge no I definitely know that there's a huge difference between what I'm thinking and what I'm thinking of like the guy in the van is that offensive what van (laughs) like a pedophile in a van oh like a windowless van yeah
0: so McCarter talked to Polly Dez who's that author of the book that I mentioned in 2011 to discuss quote wild men that were known to have lived in the area at the time of Martin's disappearance, but there were never any quote wild creatures apart from the people who wanted to live off the land. Um, And so that statement I kind of took from it that it was relatively widely known that there were quote wild people living in the national park
1: that's crazy i'm like scared i don't know i know the thing
0: that sucks is i was really like the last couple of months i've really been in like oh i want to go see all the national parks i want to go camping let's do this and now i'm like oh i'm gonna get like eaten um, but anyways, a few years later, someone found scattered skeletal remains of a child. Which can you imagine unearthing that? Oh my goodness! Uh, how do you? Okay. But they didn't report it for almost 15 years because what? they were doing illegal hunting when they found it, and they were afraid that if they reported it, then they would get jail time because they were poaching. Which like you should go to jail. You've.
1: <laughs> but you find a like you're like well that couldn't be foul play. It's a tiny baby. <laughs> like what? Well, so it says by the time he reported it in 1985,
0: which this disappearance happened in 69, um, they did go back and do a search to try and find and the remains find and they it. couldn't find anything, which like no shit.
1: Oh, um,
0: and then so that's that's one disappearance. Um, there have been several others, Um, some notable ones specifically in the same national park
1: creepy was
0: October 8th 1976 a 16 year old named Trenny Lynn Gibson was hiking and they never found any trace of her after 3 p.m. Um, September 25th 1981 a 58 year old Thelma Pauline Melton was hiking near Deep Creek Campground a trail that she'd done many times before and vanished over a hill and then was never found again which you know both of those I will totally say like there wasn't as much information out there about them and it could have been unfortunately somebody could slip and fall and then like not be found somebody like there's so many other things that could happen but it is kind of eerie that that there's these like semi-well-documented disappearances of people all in the same national park yeah um there was another kind of creepy one in 1991 um, that was actually in the san bernardino national forest which is by us
1: no Mm -hmm.
0: so a boy scout went missing on an overnight camping trip with his church um his 12 year old named jared negretti who fell behind the scouts and troop leader during a hike and was never seen again and there was a huge rescue effort they even searched as far as as malibu which i'm like how did you how would that kid have gotten all the way to malibu but hitchhiking maybe (laughs)
1: uber i'm kidding
0: (laughs) but so they actually found his backpack candy wrappers beef jerky and a camera and 12 photographs were developed that were mostly landscapes but the last one was of his eyes and nose and taken after he went missing
1: wait say that again because i just
0: so they found they couldn't find him, mm-hmm. but they found his backpack and a some like trash basically and a camera. And then they developed the film and there were 12 photographs. Um, most of them were landscapes, but the very last photograph was of his eyes and nose and taken after he went missing.
1: Ew, that's so scary, right? That's scary. It's like he like was like, like being tossedled around or something or I don't know. I don't like that. That's so scary.
0: Yeah. Um, And then there's in 2013, a journalist by the name of Katie Weaver wrote an article that talked about a pair of arrests of men who were, quote, feral. Um, And so I will read the excerpts. Okay. These, however, I feel like are... I don't know you tell me so quote early last week authorities in Utah arrested Troy Knapp the notorious mountain man outlaw who had been robbing and defacing cabins in the southern portion of the state for nearly a decade two days later officers from the Maine warden service arrested a legend known to locals as quote the backpack burglar who had been living alone deep in the woods of central Maine burglarizing camps for 27 years Mm. Um, Christopher Knight, who was in Maine, was described as, quote, officers reported that Knight was clean shaven, wearing a pair of clean jeans and a clean shirt. His campsite included a makeshift shower protected by furs. He told police he had spoken to only one other human since 1986, a hiker he encountered on a trail in the mid-1990s with whom he'd exchanged a brief hello. Knight, who offered no explanation as to why he decided to live alone in the woods for 27 years, he said he frequently asked himself the same question said a Maine state trooper expressed quote, shame and remorse over his burglaries and added that he was relieved to no longer be living in solitude. He's currently in jail on charges of burglary and theft.
1: Whoa. Yeah. But he's not, that wasn't like necessarily feral. was? Yeah. That
0: one wasn't necessarily, that's what I was saying. It's like, that one wasn't necessarily feral. It was just like living in the, living in the mountains, by yourself but I guess these articles also though were kind of just people who were like living on like isolation like and the land. yeah however yeah. the journalists did call them feral Um whereas what I was talking about earlier were people who I would say illegally were living in national parks and like, because like obviously f- qualities <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess because like living in a national park I mean it's not like you have a cabin you're building a cabin deep in the woods it's like you can't do that it's yeah it's not in your land.
1: Whoa! There was this. Um, I went to the Grand Canyon over Christmas, and we took the train. It was COVID safe. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> and when we were pulling up to the Grand Canyon on the train, they were like, "Wave to the guy on the left." Like he's, uh, he like somehow won this like land lottery, and like was able to get land like right next to the Grand Canyon. And she was like. He lives completely off the land. He never leaves. Like he like is completely self sufficient. Wow. And he was standing, he had a little dog and he was waving. And I honestly, it's like kind of endearing, but also for some reason, like that stuff really like scares me. People living off
0: the land or Or just
1: like being so isolated. I'm just like some weird stuff is going on. Do
0: you think not to be like, We're women? But do you think it has anything to do with being socialized as a woman? Probably. Because I feel like my brother and my husband... I don't know why I called him my husband, Alex. <laughs> I feel like neither of them tend to have... Or even any of my guy friends. Like, none of them have, like, the same... Like, it just feels like anytime we do anything, they don't have the same, like, thought process
1: that I have. Yeah. In order to, f- like, have boxes checked so that I feel safe. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like... Patriarchy. But, like, for real, like, it's, like, I... I mean, I could rant about this forever, but like, I don't feel comfortable going to a bar by myself and like most people, like men, that's fine. When not think twice. Yeah. And or it's, e- it's yeah. just like, I can't, do. like, I have literally tried to do it and I feel extremely unsafe because people just talk to me and it's like drinking. It's just like, there's certain things it's like, I just can't do it. And it's like, I'm annoying because even though I was shit talking being isolated I want to be able to interact in a like a public space alone and I often feel like I can't because it like I become like a target or something Mm. you know what I mean it's like why are you alone like you're obviously like want someone to talk to and it's like I'm alone because I literally want to be alone
0: (laughs) that's so funny I feel like people don't talk to me when I'm in public really (laughs) yeah
1: I mean, this is pre-pandemic, obviously. True true, 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 true,
0: But yeah, I feel like it's like when I would post up at like a Starbucks or something, I feel like people
1: would leave me alone. I feel like that is more or less fine. It usually happens to me at like a restaurant or mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like um, in the park. Like when I lived in San Francisco, like people would always come up to me in the park. And it's like, clearly I'm like alone. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that makes this me, is like yeah. a choice. Wait, one time. I was in Golden Gate Park. I used to live really close to it. And I had the flu like all week and I finally felt better and I wanted to get some fresh air. So I like walked to the park and I th- I had this meadow that I really liked. So I was like kind of secluded and it was really pretty. It was like on one of the little lakes and I was sitting on the bench, on a bench there. And all of a sudden I hear a rustling in the bushes and this guy comes out and he is wearing a like an super oversized sweatshirt and nothing else except a Santa hat on his head. Hmm. And he came up to me and asked me to use my phone. And I he was like, I need to call my mom and ask her if we're going to church. And I was like, I don't have a phone. Cause I like, I don't know. I, you know. What no, I'm- that's tough. Cause I feel like your phone
0: has so much information. I don't know. I was thinking about this earlier or I think about it a lot actually is how important your phone number is now, especially since you don't change your phone number every time you get a new phone. Yeah. Cause when we were kids, I feel like you'd keep changing. You theoretically could keep changing numbers. Yeah. It was a little bit more of an effort to keep your number. Yeah. But I feel like if, you know, like, who knows i don't know to me i feel like it's like protecting yourself because like who knows this guy's intentions like maybe he does that to women all the time and then you call his phone and then he has a way of like tracking you down via your phone number because now he has your phone number no i get it because like there was this one time that there was this guy that i let use my phone and i deeply regretted it yeah it was like i was in college and it was this guy just like walked up and was like hey like i my phone's out of battery like can i use yours and i was like sure and he, like, used my phone, but then he was like, well, you have to, like, stay here with me because, like, somebody's coming to pick me up and, like, I gave, like, now they have your number, so they're going to call you if they need Ew. me. And I was like, well, I have, like, places to be. Did you wait and with them? I didn't know what else to do. Uh, that's scary. I feel like you could get abducted. Yeah, I know. It's probably Well, we were in a public place. We were at a Starbucks oh okay so you weren't just like so it wasn't just like on the street yeah we were at a starbucks but i remember being really uncomfortable and after that i was like no one's ever using my phone don't touch me don't look at me yeah literally eyes away literally i will cut your eyes out (laughs) that's a threat just it's for legal reasons that's not a threat
1: i am not the feral
0: person in this situation (laughs) feral can you imagine like is that a new insult like calling somebody
1: feral i don't know it seems like a good insult yeah like you're acting feral right now I mean, I buy that there's people... I was just going to ask. I buy it. I don't know if cannibalism, though, that seems kind of extreme. But what
0: else do they eat? The animals? Animals. But what if they can't find animals
1: because everyone's hibernating? Fish, trout, or something. I don't know. I just feel like cannibalism is so extreme. Well... I don't know. I buy it. I totally think there's feral people. I don't know.
0: They just there. I do. Do you believe in can like not? Do you believe in cannibalism as in do you condone it? But so do you think there's cannibals out there, or you just think that that's like too extreme for people
1: living? So here's the thing that I I don't know if it's just because I listen to a lot of true crime, but it's like I don't know where like the feralness like almost what it stems from like what the desire is yeah it's like is it like pure survival because or is it like i mean i know cannibals that are because they're like psychopaths you know what i mean like they're like killers so i don't know (laughs) what's the intention of cannibals have to be
0: murderers or can you be like a cannibal that like digs people up that are already dead which is also that's illegal, but I'm just curious. Is not a like...
1: necrophile, or that's when you want to have sex with dead bodies. Yeah, but I'm just curious, like, are there no, cannibals? No, no, is is um, it hand in hand? What's his name? The guy that put pe- pins oh. in his penis. Uh, why did I
0: ask this? I don't want to know the answer to this. There's a guy.
1: Uh, what's his name? Oh, Ed Gein. Mm. Ed Gein, um, I think, ate his mother. He, oh like, God. Like. no, not Ed Gein. No, yes, Ed Gein. Yeah, he was, like, really, really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> really fucked up oh my god! like gosh. scary yeah i think he like dug up his mother and like ate her mm. i don't love that i i
0: also don't love it i do not love it have you heard though are you gonna eat your placenta no oh are you yeah is it good i'm for like you? kind of into it why so there's like a lot of theories because like i think i don't remember the theories but do placentas have stem cells i feel like they do oh yeah they like they're like have so many nutrients and it's like all these nutrients that are of your own body and like you just throw them away anyways and so like people like eat your placenta after you have children because it's like but they like put it in pill form right you can or are
1: you just gonna like
0: no i'm gonna put mine in pills and then just like take them i've heard they'll dehydrate it and then put it in pills
1: i've heard of that i just for some reason i'm like imagining like a little plate with like a knife and fork. i heard
0: that i've also heard of people like preserving it and then like putting it in smoothies i think that's a little far for me
1: wait is there not like a movie or something where someone eats it with a knife and fork why do i have that that visual in my head have I
0: seen I that? I see a in visual too, yeah, but I don't. <laughs> that's like a thing. I think it's
1: just a fever. Maybe it's like a collective dream. Like a collective feminine, like fever dream. Yeah, it's like eating your own placenta. I feel like it's a thing. I feel like that's an... Should I look it up? Look it up. Look it up.
0: Yeah, I don't think I could stomach that. I. Sorry if you watch my streams because you already heard this, um, this anecdote before, but I accidentally. So I eat this smoothie every day. Um and it's has a lot of my probiotic and prebiotic powders and stuff, which is why I have it every day. I uh, which reminds me I haven't had it yet. Um today. But it's cucumber, half a banana, strawberry, blueberry, um, coconut water and a date and some spinach. And there was one day where I was making it and sometimes I use frozen bananas because I just keep like frozen bananas in our freezer. Mm -hmm. Um, But before I freeze my bananas, I let them like get super overripe. So they're like kind of brown. They're like very brown. And I was reaching into our freezer and there was, I didn't want to use my usual packet of bananas because it's just a lot of work. You have to like cut it because they've all kind of congealed into one mass Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, here's frozen bananas. And I grabbed it and it was like so easy to just pop off. And so I like drop it in, I make my smoothie, I drink it. And the thing with my smoothie is it always makes more than the cup can hold. So I always take just like drink as much as I can super fast so that I can just like dump the rest in there and then clean the blender. Yeah. And so I drink it really fast and I'm thinking like, oh man, this tastes, why does this taste different? Like it it tastes different. Like I do the same thing every day. I don't understand. And turns out I did not grab a frozen banana. I grew, I grabbed a raw Italian sausage
1: (gasps) and you drank the whole thing. I drank
0: about half of it. Did you get sick? I didn't get sick. I just, every time I drink it, I kind of uh, a little bit. Like now, cause I I, like remember the flavor and just remember like how gross I felt. Um, but so I'd imagine that having a placenta in your smoothie would be very similar to that.
1: I, I couldn't find it, but I really have this visual in my mind of like a, it's like a woman. She just gave birth. She's like in a robe and another older woman is putting a plate down and it's her placenta. Does that not ring any bells to you? I picture somebody sitting at a table with a fork and knife and like, that's yeah, into it. Like it's almost like liver. No, no no that's what I'm imagining oh okay yeah I, I feel see like it. that was in something maybe it's not I don't know okay I know January Jones ate hers doesn't surprise me yeah yeah I mean like it's a superfood
0: <laughs> and that's kind of cool like I don't know I don't know that I would eat myself but I would eat my placenta I mean you're just throwing it away anyways What do, you think do people eat their like appendix like, you know people take no. it out <laughs> oh I was just curious I guess why would if you're taking it out, it? you have appendicitis. Why would they eat it? Well, I was just thinking of other body parts that are taken out. And if, because I feel like with the placenta, I guess the thing is that you're growing a baby. And That's so it has I, like, so much yeah. nutrients and it's yeah. like so
1: amazing for you. So I guess it's not. Okay. I guess in theory, I understand why you would eat a placenta because it's like your body produced all that. And then you're kind of like letting it go, but you could just give it back to yourself.
0: I think it's like kind of beautiful. I don't yeah. know.
1: Maybe I'll do the pill form. Join me. I mean, who knows if we I can have a placenta have party? Oh, cute! That means we have to have kids close by each other. Oh well, I
0: will share mine with you if okay. you don't, if you decide you don't want kids. <laughs> I have
1: a taste of your placenta. <laughs> I feel like
0: it's like the ultimate like blood. You know, there's like yeah. blood brothers. It's <laughs> like we just like eat and nom on each other's placentas. <laughs> Uh, Could you imagine that if we decided well, like, to stop being friends at some point, I would be so mad. I'd be like, "I gave you my placenta. <laughs> Spit it out.
1: <laughs> Spit it out." <laughs> That's actually a really good line. Should I, I was just something? saying that, yeah,
0: for our uh, screenplay. Yeah,
1: <laughs> one of the videos coming soon. <laughs> yeah, coming soon.
0: If you or someone you know is an investor and would like to invest in a film, uh hit us Let up. Let us know. Let us know. You can hit us up on our new Instagram at shut up keep going all one word. Uh, image guides every episode. Yeah, Kate did a wonderful job catching us up.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kate. You're welcome.
0: All right. Well, that is feral people in America.
1: <laughs> wow. I believe it. I mean, there's so many weird people out there. Not that they're not to pass judgment. I mean, I just like. Do you ever like take? a glance over a landscape and you see all the houses and you're like there's so many weirdos out there like Mm -hmm. in probably you know what i mean oh yeah
0: well i will say yeah i went hiking the other day and we were it was such a beautiful view it's the first time that i've hiked Runyon canyon but we didn't do the regular hike we did like a side thing i mean it was a good view um and it was right after it rained so everything was super clear it was so pretty and you could see everything and i remember the person i was hiking with he was like how many people do you think are shitting right now and I was like probably a lot <laughs> like just like probability
1: wise i mean that's true or like having sex or like were not we talking like a couple episodes ago about how taylor swift's dms are probably so like a mess yeah yeah we were not to say that like in comparison to you i'm not taylor swift
0: but like that's a ton of that's a lot of people well and that's what i'm saying is there's so many weird people and it's just like i don't know like scale that up for somebody like taylor swift yeah that's or even somebody who's like a minor celebrity like who's somebody that's like not as big as taylor swift i can't I think she of was any D less level, level who's celebrity? the lady that's in bruce willis's daughter
1: yeah and she's like in things
0: Isn't that netflix show that everybody likes something somebody's in paris
1: oh emily in paris yeah i why do i know that i've never seen it
0: bruce willis is isn't she his and demi daughter. moore's daughter yeah yeah
1: she's cute yeah but she, yeah. like
0: i feel like her she's not like a a-list like she's not like taylor swift level or anything but i'm sure her dms are just like a disaster zone
1: yeah
0: a complete disaster zone
1: that's scary
0: well on the worst part sorry i mean i guess i doubt creepy people are listening this far into our podcast <laughs> um but i would also just say i think the most frustrating thing is that people think that you do that that you do things for them do yeah. you know what i mean yeah and it's like i did this really weird thing today where i realized that i could shove an entire spoon in the front part of my mouth and walk around with it and so i recorded myself doing it and i was trying to like pet the cat with it but it didn't work um so i just posted it and was like whatever this is stupid And on that subreddit, it was before that subreddit, and I saw somebody reposted it and was like, she knows what she's doing, like winky face. And it's like, no, I freaking don't. I'm not thinking about you. I don't walk around every day thinking about how can I titillate these young men or women with everything that. that I do. It's like, no, I don't live to please or entertain literally anyone except for myself. I just think it's funny. Yeah. You know, and it's just, I think like, anyone again like I am not a famous person like I work on the internet for money yeah (laughs) like (laughs) I don't know what to tell you but like somebody I feel like who's in like the mainstream public eye like I could not imagine how under a microscope you must be put not just for like sexual things like in general but then Pointing out like anytime like you take a picture with your tongue out like they're
1: like oh it's like no it's a, forget remember how kids mm, I mean that's why a lot of celebrities are like so messed up I get it because you have to be like so disembodied you know oh, I get it that's why mm. I, I
0: feel like the best way to be celebrities be like a songwriter or like a voice actress or something where it's like you don't know what you look like yeah yeah or I've always said I would kill to have did you ever watch Thirteen Going on Thirty yes the best friend what's her name
1: no i actually haven't seen she's it. blonde i just wanted to gab about donna you've and never Susan. seen 13 going on 30 it's such a good That's movie, their movie. yeah know i know oh. i know it's such a good I movie watch it donna i hope you're not listening to this <laughs> it's so
0: good what's her name she's also in arrested development
1: oh ali shakala no
0: she's not a poet. it's the girl the one portia uh, de rossi no she's the one that like always is like sexually harassing michael
1: oh um the veep kitty lady oh kitty yeah do you know who what is, is her judy greer n- judy greer so she always
0: is like like she has this like great career and is always just like the co-star and i feel like she's like done enough and like is living her life and doing whatever but like no offense or anything judy greer i think you're wonderful but i doubt people are like criticizing her every move or like putting her under a microscope or yeah. doing anything yeah but i feel like she's been in enough stuff that she probably has enough clout that she can like creatively have some freedom and like yeah. find roles that like she actually wants to do
1: yeah so i don't know but also who knows there's probably people with a specific judy greer fetish oh, I'm they're sure. like glasses on no hair up <laughs> hair down <laughs> glasses on yeah <laughs>
0: good callback that's a good callback Mm right um but yeah i digress i just hmm. anyways what's your (laughs) people um
1: okay i just want to give a little warning before i do this that i'm about to pronounce every single thing wrong and it's not out of disrespect it's not out of disrespect (laughs) it's literally just because i just can't pronounce some of these things and I would love, I would have loved to just spent most of my day writing down the phonics spelling. But when I do that, I then don't understand how to pronounce the phonics spelling. The phonetic spelling. I me. do that
0: same thing. Yeah. I do it all the time. Oh my gosh.
1: So, all
0: right. Ready? I'm ready. So,
1: Suen T sits on a street corner overlooking a large river and bridge in the sleepy outer suburb of Kyoto. Have you been there?
0: No, You I went to Japan go so though, didn't you? You we went to Tokyo, yeah.
1: Ugh, I want to go to Japan so And bad. the
0: plan was we wanted to Oh my gosh, we should totally go to Japan. To- oh my gosh, are we going to Japan Yeah, together? we're going to
1: Japan together when the pandemic ends. Oh, oh my, my gosh! gosh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How have we not thought about that before why have we never gone
1: on a trip together what's
0: happening wait i feel like the <laughs> door of the universe just like got opened and i'm just like what okay we're doing that Yes. okay great that sounds amazing um no we didn't go to kyoto though we went to tokyo okay um and it was favorite <sighs> place it was oh my gosh i
1: want to go there so bad. i want to go to kyoto though because it looks so beautiful yeah. so we're in suenti in kyoto right in Kyoto, for people that don't know, is Japan's ancient capital. Do we know this? Um, and it's a city famous for extraordinary shrines, temples, and gardens, and a lot of tourists with selfie sticks. Um, and this tea shop is pretty, it seems like an unremarkable structure, but it turns out that it has been open since 1160 AD in continual operation.
0: Like it's never closed. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. It's like the pantry, but much older.
1: Much, much older. And, I mean, they built, their current building they're in is from the 1600s. But the actual business has been open and in continual independent operation since 1160 AD.
0: Oh, my gosh. Are we visiting this tea shop when we go to Kyoto?
1: And it's run by this absolute cutie hipster named Yusuke Suen twin yes who it's called swen tea so he is the heir Um, of this business that has been around since 1160 ad the history um and he has been quoted to say we focused on tea and have it expanded the business too much that's why we're surviving very inspiring is that
0: why you wanted tea before we recorded this episode? probably because i've been researching
1: this um So it might not seem surprising that a 900-year-old tea house would survive in such a historic city, but what is surprising is that Japan has 56% of the oldest businesses in the world. Whoa. So in 2019, there were 33,000 businesses in Japan that have been over a century old. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That
0: actually, that checks out because that's this is so wild that this is what you're talking about so there's a tea brand that i love and it's Mm. now it's completely broken me it's the only green tea that is like up to my standard really yeah and i accidentally i get it from the japanese market it's nothing like super super fancy but i get it from the japanese market and i was reading the back of it today and it said that it was three centuries old Mm. and I, i was like in my head i was like wait that's like that's like really old and it's like from like the 1600s, and wow. which doesn't sound that old when you're talking about a place that's been around since the ele- like 1100s. But when you say that Japan has, because it's a Japanese brand, mm-hmm. has, would you say 50% of the world's oldest businesses? 56%. Yeah. yeah that's not cr- yeah. Wow. Okay. So has Japan ever been conquered? That might, that might be an obvious stupid thing, but I don't, um, I feel like you're the history buff out of the two of us.
1: I don't want to say definitively. I think that they had a lot of wars with China, but they, I I don't think they just tried to conquer. I don't ever think they were actually, because that's what happened in World War Two is that they were still like an imperial power. And that's why the aftermath of World War Two was like very devastating to Japan because they had been so isolated. And then the world came into Japan because they were like devastated by out. I mean, they weren't on the good side of history a little bit. But then oh, yeah. we kind of, I mean, we, can, we can't really. I'm taking that back. We cannot say that because of what our country did to them. That's all I'll say about it. I still can't believe that happened. It's Well, I think it's easy to not
0: believe it as Americans because I think they don't really. It's like so brushed over.
1: I know. And it's like, I feel like we should talk about that to children learning history. history yeah. Because it's like i don't know i mean
0: i feel like it's something that like i always knew happened but like you don't realize like what that actually means and like how devastating in so many layers of the word it actually was
1: we just shouldn't have atomic bombs i'm I'm sorry like Like, we don't need that (sighs) okay anyways anyways (laughs) so uh where was i sorry okay um this dean and professor at Kyoto's University of Management, Yoshinori Hara, um, says that, oh God, okay, sorry. Let me get that, let me get that again. It's just the, I'm like, I really don't want to like disrespect no, these people over totally not being that. able to pronounce their names. Okay. Yoshinori Hara, Dean and Professor at Kyoto's University Graduate School of Management, says these long standing entities, at least 100 years old, are known as shinsi, literally meaning old shop. Hara, who has worked in Silicon Valley for over a decade, says the Japanese company's emphasis on sustainability rather than the quick- maximization of profit is a major reason why so many of the nation's businesses have such staying power and he goes on to quote in japan it's more how can we move the company onto our descendants our children our grandchildren oh i love that isn't that so beautiful yeah. so um our tea friend Swin, yushike Swin says that many of his childhood friends in Kyoto also happened to be born into century-old family-run businesses. And so to him, picking up the family business wasn't even a question. Um, He says, quote, It's not the business I started. I am operating the business my ancestors started. I didn't take it over. The legacy, if I didn't take it over, the legacy would have ended. When you're little, like in kindergarten or elementary school, you're asked for your dreams in the future. I thought I was taking over the business. It was natural that's so you know can
0: you also imagine though like just like the amount of pressure that you probably put on yourself like i don't want to be the ancestor that the business ended with
1: yeah so i <laughs> so funny one of my really good friends at school kevin who i think listens so hey kevin hey kevin How my cat's doing? named kevin too you oh, that's are true matching. kevin is from a town in western massachusetts and he has a family business that has been in his family for century or it hasn't been centuries because of what they produce it's a styrofoam maker interesting they make styrofoam and like he was raised as since a child t- since he was a child to take over this styrofoam business and he didn't oh so but oh, I, I he's again. living, he's living his life, and I mean, his reason is like styrofoam is like not like sustainable, sustainable. or like environmentally friendly. You can find like an environmental version of That's styrofoam true, Kevin. and be the change you want to see in the world. Kevin, if film doesn't work out, we'll invest after we get investors for our yeah. thing we're starting, which
0: TBD. <laughs> which they're <laughs> reaching out via our Instagram at uh, Shut Up Keep Going, all
1: one word. So. We love this. We love the centuries old businesses. So, because J- Japan's towns and cities have existed for centuries compared to the US, which is so funny about our country. We're youngins. We like, like, we're like, I love in or- Old Town Orange where we're from. They have like plaques on houses that are like, this was built in 1930. And then you go to like London and they're like, this was built in literally like 1200. <laughs>
0: my parents house technically they could register it as a historic house
1: really Uh my new house has a plaque
0: oh cute Mm -hmm. they're not doing it though because that means you're like under a lot of i think you get like some tax uh, cuts but you're under a lot of restrictions for how you can like remodel and stuff remodel and adjust the property
1: yeah so it's a yeah tradesies um so um it doesn't seem surprising because Japan's towns and cities are so old that there would be this many older companies. But another p- professor at the University of Warwick Business School's, Inan Shotsky, um, says that there's more reasons specific to Japan than just the like history of the cities. He went on to quote More generally, we could say that it is because of the general long term orientation, the culture of respecting tradition and ancestors, combined with the fact that it has been an island country with relatively limited interaction with other countries, pointing to people's desire to make most of what they have for as long as possible by preserving local companies in the community. Which is just very inspiring to me because we grew up in a place where everything is a chain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I remember I got in a fight with an
0: ex-boyfriend once because no offense to Chili's, (laughs) but he like really wanted to go to Chili's. And I was like, why do we always go to Chili's? Like I want to go to like, and I like, he thought I was being pretentious, but I named all of these like independent restaurants that I wanted to go. And Mm -hmm. I was like, chill. It's just as like, it's the same price. It's just like not a chain. And like yeah. we would continually get in arguments because I was like, I don't want to go to a chain. I want to spend my money doing other things like supporting these other yeah, businesses. I mean,
1: I'm also willing to put my neck out there and say chili sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I went there so much in my childhood. The one my in your blender, right? Love it. The one in your blender. And Blinda. I'm like, this is gross. Like I'm not, it's not because it's like, not that healthy or whatever it's just like it's the quality is bad and like the combination of flavors they do is like not a real thing <laughs> they have like barbecue quesadillas like let me live
0: <laughs> I, I haven't been to chilies since high school
1: oh, I, I don't remember well okay the reason i got onto this is i was literally laying in bed the other night and i was like what is the oldest company in the world?" Ooh. Right? Yeah, good question. So, what do you think? <laughs> huh. I my
0: first instinct is to say like lumber mm-hmm. or something that's been around and needed for a very long time. Okay. Wait, is it tea? Didn't you just say it
1: was the oldest? No, no, no that's oh, not okay. the oldest one.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah this one's crazy mm, is
0: it also out of japan
1: mm-hmm.
0: mm. that's what, how i got on this what does jam. japan need
1: you're actually kind of close
0: i'll just stick with lumber then. okay
1: so um the oldest continually operating company well we'll get into the wait i just one. realized
0: when you said that the tea shop was continuously operating you meant that like it's been open that entire time. Not that it's like 24 hours. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Kate.
1: I saw the pantry thing and I was like, you know what? I, I don't think that's totally correct, but I see the correlation there. Not that it's been. twenty four seven. Why did you stop me? Well, cause it's like <laughs> that place has been open. How old do you think the pantry is? It's not that old. Like 20, no, like 19. 19- I think it was like 1920s. Maybe that's pretty old for America guess guess how old do you think it is i think
0: it's either the 20s or the 80s which i know are a big difference but
1: i get i get that
0: but i think that it's either been open since the 20s and then like open 24 hours since the 80s maybe
1: Mm -hmm. what is it it was um 1924 but it changed locations in 1950
0: okay got it so if you don't know what the pantry is hopefully it survives this oh my goodness i
1: know it's
0: this place i don't know if they still do this but the all the employees were former inmates i think or were formerly incarcerated is that correct is that true i might be thinking of another a different place downtown it would say oh no you're right you're right yeah so the pantry is an establishment it's on the corner of what is that fig and um fig, fig and, and ninth ninth and they have bomb ass pancakes the literally the best pancakes the ever. best diner pancakes so good they have great toast i i can't vouch for their like dinner food but i always get pancakes anytime i go there and Ugh. it's it never closes it is always open
1: well not anymore.
0: except for now oh, oh no, no it broke the streak oh. But if you're ever in L.A., downtown L.A., check it out. If you come to L.A. for E3, it's not too far from Hey-o. the convention center. Um, but seriously, so good. I gained so much weight when I went to USC because we would go to the pantry after every game. Oh. And I would just down like s- a whole stack of pancakes. And their pancakes
1: are huge. They're like mega pancakes. Oh,
0: that sounds so good. My mouth is watering. <laughs> no. Okay.
1: Um. So, no, it's not. They're not open 24-7. Oh it just goodness. has been... Like nine to five In since, um, what year was it? 1160. Okay. Crazy. So wait, oldest. So the oldest company is called Congo Gumi. And it, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm just going to say it again. Congo Gumi. It is a Japanese construction company and it is the world's, like I said, the world's longest continuously ongoing independent company Operating for 14,000 Sorry, nope, nope 1,427 years Wow So that means it was founded in 420 blaze it True That means it was founded in 578 AD Oh my gosh Uh,
0: (laughs) Right? There were like different species of animals Like
1: (laughs) roaming the earth when it was founded Um, but okay, this is kind of a downer for it. Cause oh. in January, 2006, it fell on difficult times and is no longer a independent company. And it like is under a conglomerate, but it's still kicking kickin'. to a certain degree. And the reason that stayed open so long is because, like I said, it was in Kyoto and they built temples. Mm. So makes sense. Makes sense. Stayed around. Um, So, like I was saying, Japan is home to some of the oldest continually operating businesses, including, uh, again, a thirteen hundred year old inn. That's so old. Can you imagine? Like people thirteen hundred years ago stayed at the same inn that you could. Have they done any construction to the? I didn't look at this one. To the structure. Let's see. Hold. Oh, it doesn't. It didn't link to it. Um, I don't know and then there's a 900 year old sake brewer that is uh, which one is it i like but i've bought it before um oh i think that's korean sake i love
0: sake wait no i don't even know that there korean sake what is soju is soju
1: um it is so do honky so do honke? yeah
0: you just have to say it with confidence so i have no honke. idea what i'm saying
1: um
0: <laughs> <you> sounded legit <laughs> um wait can i tell you something that i'm really proud of so when we went to japan i got i do not know japanese i want to learn japanese but i'm learning tagalog first um and i got really good at saying arigato gozaimasu oh that's really cute (laughs) when we go into shops i'd be like konnichiwa and then when we left i would say or when we would leave i would say arigato gozaimasu Oh. And one lady tried to have a complete conversation with oh, me no. in Japanese. <laughs> I had to go, I don't speak Japanese. I just know how to say that. But she said she was so impressed by the way that I said it that she thought I spoke Japanese. Did she speak English? Uh, she spoke something. Yeah, she spoke Well, English. she was
1: able to communicate that to you. Yeah, we were able to communicate but when I was like, I don't know what you're saying. One of the most disappointing <laughs> moments of my entire life was when I was in the Czech Republic. And I mean, I look very like, like western european i would say Mm -hmm. yeah czech republic is like eastern european whatever i was there and i was just sitting on a bench and this very old woman came up to me and just started speaking to me in czech and i like was trying to be nice so i like looked interested in what she was saying and was like (laughs) nodding my head and then she was like asking me a question and i was like i i was like Ah. oh sorry and she literally went hmm And just like like bat her like hand at me like like in an off you know like, like a leave leave yeah me. and then she just like shuffled away and I was like I'm really sorry because I don't know what she was saying to me but it was honestly like I don't know if anyone's been that openly disappointed in me in my entire life like I have never made my parents that <laughs> um old old businesses well. I mean, that's pretty much it. The one thing that I wanted to talk about. So I was saying that they're handed down through family. um, But that doesn't always mean that it's like... like Nuclear family? Yeah, it's nuclear family. Thank you for putting that. So... um, You... A lot of times it'll go either to like a son-in-law or to like a cousin... Right. So it's not like but I think Swen, our friend Swen T, he's literally like the heir of the eighteen sixty mm. AD T guy, which is so eighteen sixty. Sorry. Whoa. I was uh, like that's, that's like my that American far. brain being like, That's ancient history. Eleven sixty AD, which is like I can't even comp I remember when we learned about the Vikings and it was like three numbers. Like, it was, like, I don't know when the Vikings were around. You should look that up. Sorry. <laughs> when did Vikings happen? Um, 793
0: AD to 1066.
1: Okay. I didn't know that you could have numbers that – or a date that was in three numbers. I was, like, that is so old. Like, that is literally, like, the creation of man. And then I didn't realize that they, we had a BC and then that really threw me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when did you learn that? I mean, I
1: was like very little. Oh, okay. It <laughs> wasn't like last you were year. You're saying that like it was like in high school. And, oh, no, like, no, no. They no. literally taught us that in high school. Um, So like I was saying, it doesn't have to be a natural hair. And so that's a very bizarre statistic about Japanese family life. That 98% of Japanese adoptees are 25 to 30 year old men. So, like, when, if there's a, a family business that they need to give it, hand it off to the next generation, they will literally legally adopt a man, which, you know, to take it over. And so, isn't that, like, kind of cute? How fascinating.
0: I wonder what that culture, culturally, is like. Like, are there a bunch of, like, orphan men who make themselves very, like, eligible adoptees? I like should have looked that eligible, up. like, entrepreneurs, they're like, please adopt me. <laughs> because And they like just go to business school and like have like this resume or like this CV that's like, look, you want me to run your family business because I have like all this experience. They
1: have that, but they have a little bow on their head for some reason. Like why a do baby. They have a bow? Like a baby. Do people put bows on babies? My mom had a lot of bows on me as a baby. So I've, I I relate it. Oh, I don't. I was not adopted, though. I don't know why that's the visual. Oh, well, OK. Um. So the thing that's a little, that's pretty sad about this. It's amazing that these businesses have lasted for so long, but a lot of them are not doing well Mm. now. And, uh, like, like pre COVID now or now COVID? Like pre pre COVID. Ugh. So, um, the Japanese government, um, is set up in a way, it used to be set up in a way that really helps businesses. Like that's like the first like line of defense for these businesses so japanese banks helped out even the most hopeless businesses without a second thought between 1955 and 1990 only something like 72 72 japanese companies went bankrupt that's it the reason was that the banks were supposed to bail them out It was like, we, we need to let these businesses continue. They're like such a, wow, which I think is beautiful. Um, well, and I think
0: that also though speaks to like the, is it called collectivism Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of that society versus like the individualism that we experience in America?
1: Yeah. I know we're like such a competitive society. It's like,
0: yeah, I think it's not that I'm defending it. I think it's really easy to be critical of it when you have an experience. Cause like, I think all of those like collectivism versus individualism. Like I think all of them have like their pros and cons. Maybe some are more apparent than others. I don't know. And, (laughs) um, but I think that like, you know, not every, no country is perfect. Yeah. I know. I know. That's like such a hokey thing to say. I know. And we're like, you know, maybe I not, not excelling be so right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, yeah. Well, so where, where this started to go south, like I said, between ni- those years, 1955 and 1990, only 72 businesses closed. But then in 2000, Japan passed its first chapter 11, like bankruptcy law, which I have no idea what that means, but I'm sure it has something to do with like, you don't have to bail out a failing business. That's what I assume it means, um, meaning that the default fate of treble businesses mean that banks don't have to bail you out, which like, I don't know, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like you literally like have to fight for your company. If it's not doing well, the bank won't just automatically bail you out because you, you were operating. You know what I mean? Like it's did like you more have, competitive. Did
0: you have to operate for a certain number of years to like qualify for that bailout program? Or could you just be, like, any? I think it was any. Oh, wow. Which is crazy, right? Especially when you consider, like, think about how many people we went to high school with or friends who have had ideas that, are like, I'm going to start this business. And then they started it and it's, like, such a horrible idea. <laughs> and then that the government's, like, oh, shit, well, we have to, like, bail these oh, guys like out. Like, we got
1: to we gotta help these guys out. I guess, yeah, they they probably have less people that are, like... I'm going to start my snow cone empire. You know what I mean? Hey, snow
0: cones are good. If anybody's ever in Newport Beach, there's an amazing snow cone place. It is, or shaved ice, I guess. It's across the street from the crab cooker that burnt down. And it's directly across the street. It's across the street towards the water. And then across the street of the driving street, there's a bike place. And it's really good. I have oh, no
1: further information. I know where, I know where that is. I, I don't know if anyone else can locate it on that, but I know where that is. It's really good. Um, so, but that, okay, this like change in bankruptcy law isn't the only reason. Um, it seems the most logical, but it's also that Japan's cultural norms have eroded quite a bit in the recent decades, which means it turns into a problem for companies that are like legacy companies because I mean, it makes total sense. It's like, as the old population dies off, there's not en- enough demand for uh, a small firm under the presumption that the that the firm's daughter will have will marry someone that wants to take over the business. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're a little bit more like liberal minded in that way and like less traditional. Um, yeah, I mean, people in Japan is what I'm saying. Um. So journalists and academics have covered Japan's ancient family businesses in the past, trying to extract actionable businesses wisdom from these successes. Um, In truth, a millennial long winning streak probably has more to do with circumstances than business planning. That said, the first piece of advice to come out of the last president of Kongu Gumi, which is the oldest construction Mm -hmm. company, when he was interviewed about the success of his company is don't drink too much. (laughs) (laughs) and that is um about japan's old ass businesses
0: i like it sorry i was turning on the heat i just got so cold where i was like distracted by the chill
1: that's okay thank you um so i don't know why they're on our like trip because i've like it presented it like a, it presenta- like a book
0: <laughs> well no it just felt like a presentation since you were talking about businesses i think and like giving yeah. business advice and then you ended on like a little zinger where it's like <laughs> don't drink
1: too much and it's now like, okay. you should invest in my business wait oh my gosh we should we have to go to japan i'm so
0: excited well we how have we not traveled together i don't
1: know maybe
0: it's because like now is the first time that we are adults and have like yeah money to travel
1: yeah well because i also in our younger adult life i didn't live in la so it was like when we would travel it was was to see each other so But we're going to travel. Catch us on our trip to Kyoto. Yeah.
0: 2022. Send us to
1: Kyoto. (laughs) Send us money and we will travel. We will go there and we will 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 podcast the entire thing. We will never stop podcasting. It'll be a podcast marathon. (laughs) (laughs) Even when we're asleep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, We'll just keep the mics running.
1: Well, um, thanks Thanks for for listening. Ooh. Cute. Cute. Um, Um, Follow us on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing that again. I forgot we already did
0: that. See
1: See you you next time. time. New new episodes episodes every Friday. This This has has been been Shut Up, up, Keep Going. going. Goodbye.